Welcome back to the Mike and Andrew Show. I'm Andrew Serwick here, of course, again with Mike Meredith. Mike, uh, playoff weekend. Uh, what uh, what a weekend it was. A lot of, lot of crazy stuff happening. Uh, but uh, how are you doing this afternoon or this evening? Pretty good, man. Uh, yeah, it was a crazy wild card weekend, man. That it was. So... Let's get into it, starting with the Saturday games. We had the Texans hosting the Browns, and boy, the Texans took care of business in this one, 45-14, one of Houston's biggest margins of victory uh, all season. Um, CJ Stroud just looked insane, like he has really all season, 274 yards, three touchdowns, on just 16 completions. Uh, Nico Collins getting one of those touchdowns, of course. Um, just a, a very, very solid uh, game for, from uh, from Houston. On the other side of the ball, uh, the biggest problem that uh, Cleveland had, uh, especially lately, was turnovers, and they turned the ball over a ton in this game with Joe Flacco, of course, having... Uh, two interceptions in this game. Yeah, they uh, the Texans defense man took it to Flacco man. Saw all the memes man. Just they're gonna put Joe Flacco into retirement. Uh, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Like they just beat the shit up on Flacco man. Multiple pick sixes. Stroud looked great. He's looking like that next up and coming young quarterback. And yeah, Texans, man, big win for them. Yeah, big win. They have a they have a big big game this weekend or this upcoming weekend in the divisional round against Baltimore. We'll get into that in on the Thursday's episode. But uh, yeah, huge win for Houston. They look really really good. They are hot right now, and <clears throat> man, impressive impressive win. Um, the other game Saturday night, Chiefs hosting the Dolphins. The Chiefs. Win twenty six to seven. Um, counting the wind chill in this game, it was the second coldest game in NFL history. Um, it's tied for the third most if you don't factor in the wind chill for this game. Um, but uh, that said, Chiefs looked somewhat decent given the um, uh, the conditions that they had. Uh, a lot of drop passes. But, uh, well, that's just the Chiefs for you. But I, I will say, you know, it was cold. So catching the ball was kind of a tough. Uh, Tua, big game, big moment. He did not show up whatsoever in this game. Miami just as a whole did not look good. They, they never. This team never, I mean, historically never looks good when they have to play in cold games. I mean, you could go, go back to the Dan Marino years. And when they were in cold environments, they did not <clears throat> perform. Um, and, and Kansas City, they looked really good. Obviously, uh, the the viral play of uh, Mahomes' helmet uh, cracking uh, after taking a hit because it was that cold outside. And obviously, all the memes of uh, of Andy Reid uh, with his frozen mustache. But uh, overall, just a very very good game from Kansas City. Obviously, defensively, they came up huge. Um, only help holding Miami in that explosive offense to seven points. Yeah, Miami. Uh, a lot of people were saying Miami looks lifeless and they look like frauds because they had like one win all year against a team above 500. And I will say with Miami, it's tough, man, because people are like, well, Miami needs the circumstance to just be right and they need everything to be clicking, but. Man, they're playing in the second coldest game ever, man. Got to cut them a little slack, but still. Uh, they still got improvements to make. Tua's definitely regressed since he started the season. Definitely doesn't look as strong. But Kansas City handled business. But again, kind of a fluky game with all the stuff that was going on. And I will say that I watched all the wild card games this weekend. This was probably the worst one to watch even though there was of course the memes of you know being cold and stuff just not much to this game it was pretty it was over pretty quickly in my opinion uh the dolphins just did not have it in them 
No, and I, I, I think this game went pretty quick just because everyone just wanted to get the fuck out of there because it was so damn cold, and I don't blame them. Uh, Sunday. Ah, man. Just... Uh. Hey, can I, can I just say one thing real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's three things in life. Death, taxes, and the Cowboys choking. Yeah, yeah. Cowboys hosting the Packers. Packers win 48-32. Dak Prescott, uh, a pick six and an interception that basically led to at least a minimum of three points if the defense was able to stop him from getting a touchdown there. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Leaving the Packers on on the 19 yard line after a pick, you know, you're they're guaranteed points there. Uh, that said, the, the the Cowboys defense completely sold. Um, Dak Prescott, chips were down, still just lost everything he possibly could. Just lost his mind. Was not on, you know, page with any of his receivers. Um, he threw 41 for 60. Uh, 403 yards and three touchdowns in this game, but it just it just didn't look that impressive from him. Jordan Love, on the other hand, 16 for 21, 272 yards, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones went absolutely off running the ball. 21 carries, three touchdowns, 118 yards. Just absolutely incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, no Dallas, they they choke hard. Um, in the playoffs, as they usually do, you know, Dak Prescott can't win a playoff game to save his life. He's now what two and five in the playoffs in his career. Um, it, it's quite embarrassing at this point. People are wondering, you know, is he really that guy now? And uh, he's never been that guy in my, in my mind since you know year one. But it is what it is. There, Dal- uh, but uh, yeah, Dallas out of the playoffs, being the heavy, heavy favorite over Green Bay. Green Bay now has a big, big matchup against uh, San Francisco now uh, in the playoffs. So it's going to be very tough to, uh, tough game for them. But we'll get into that on Thursday's episode. But, yeah, Green Bay very, very impressive uh, in this game against Dallas. Yeah, what a what a performance, man, from Jordan Love. I mean, people, including myself, wrote him off, man. Before the bye week, they were saying they were thinking about replacing Jordan Love altogether at that point. They were three and six, just nothing going. And something happened, man. They that bye week they must have did some something to just get clicking, man. They come and they beat the Lions and Thanksgiving since then they had a whole bunch of momentum. And Jordan Love, man, what a crazy game. Uh basically perfect game for him, man. And did everything that he could do in that time. Dallas continues to choke, man. I think Mike McCarthy is going to be out of there. Dan Quinn probably as well. Dak is just not it, man. He is just all-time choker, man. And this game was over pretty quickly, another one. But this one was just more entertaining to watch because it was Dallas losing. It was just so funny, man. And then, like you said, too, Aaron Jones, one of my coworkers, he's a big Packers fan. He let me know before the game even happened that Aaron Jones always goes off against Dallas. So I was already expecting Aaron Jones to have a big game anyways, but he really went off, man. He he basically just beat the Cowboys by himself. Him and, Aaron, and Jordan Love just basically did everything themselves. Yeah, they, they really just took care of business altogether, those two. Um, Jordan Love, since about the midway point of the season, 22 touchdowns and, a, and one interception since. Uh, he's been pretty much perfect uh, since the midway point of the season. Um, and Packers, man, they are hot, but, man, they got a big, big task. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, their their defense is not good, and they have a very, very nice offense uh, that they have to go up against uh, this weekend. Uh, and then the other Sunday game, Lions hosting the Rams get their first playoff win in over 30 years. Um, it's been a long time coming, obviously, for the city of Detroit. Everyone has been wanting the Lions to win a playoff game forever, and they do it finally at home. It's the first time Matthew Stafford ever got to play a playoff game at Ford Field, by the way. Um, you know, just got to throw a little shade. He got beat up hard in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lions win 24-23. 
Um, Badgley kicked a uh, 54-yard field goal, and he made it, which is surprising given he has like a like a 20% or something stupid low accuracy outside of 50 yards. Um, but that was actually really the difference maker in the game uh, for the Lions, obviously, scoring only three points in the second half. Uh, they went up big into the second half. Uh, Rams came back, but fall just short. Um, Jared Goff looked really, really good. Amon Ross St. Brown obviously going off for 110 yards. Sam Laporta played, which was good to see. Um, Matt Stafford, though, on the other side of the ball, he looked really, really good for L.A., uh, thrown for 367 yards and two touchdowns in this game. Um, you know, Pukunakua blew up on Detroit, obviously, 181 yards um, in this game, but the Lions were able to shut down Cooper Cup, uh, who was very, very quiet in this game. He was only wide open one time the entire game, uh, which, you know, good to see. Play, yep. yep, just that one fourth down play. And outside of that, man, they were able to keep Cup shut down. Um, and Aaron Glenn dialed up a lot of pressure for Detroit, so, um, but yeah, just a great win for for uh, for the Lions, and all it took was sacrificing the Pistons. <laughs> yes, sir. Pistons just won their fourth game out of forty games this year. What a what an achievement there! But yeah, man, the Lions. What a game, man! This was a nail biter, man. They both Goff and Stafford played well. The offense for Detroit played well in the first half, while the defense kind of carried in the second half. And the difference in the game was the when the Lions went. They scored touchdowns, and the Rams scored field goals. That was the difference, man. The defense held in the red zone. But, yeah, Puka Nakua, man, I'm going to say it right now, that dude's going to have top five wide receiver material potential here. That guy is insane. So hard to bring down. Yeah. So hard to tackle. Such an explosive player. Yeah. I believe he went fifth round, bro. Like, man, imagine if the Lions would have picked him up in the draft too, man. Um. But yeah, Cooper Pepley pretty much kept in check. I mean, he had a couple plays, most notably the fourth down, uh, that helped them out. But other than that, not much. I mean, Stafford played his ass off and, you know, was getting beat up. And it was a good performance by the Rams, man. It was getting scary there. Uh, you know, they're going to argue, of course, that, about the holding call on Nakua. Well, you know, Decker got called for a false start that he didn't even do. It's just the refs just hate Decker, man. And then, like, the Lions have never been on the good side of a call in, like, 30 years. So, like, give us a little break there. But we had just, I think, played better, man. If I had to say, the Lions just played a little bit better of a game. Yeah, the Lions did play a much better game overall. I mean, yeah, officiating in this game was dog shit. And I'm talking both both teams had a lot of missed calls that should have been called on them. Um, and then a lot of, you know, obviously the Taylor Decker call where, uh, you know, I forget who it was on the Rams, jumped off sides, and then Decker obviously reacted, and they called a false start on Decker. Um, you know, stuff like that. And then obviously uh, some holding calls missed uh, on Detroit, which should have been called that weren't. Uh, but overall, man, this this game was very, very poorly officiated on both sides. I mean, the, the Rams had a lot of calls that, you know, they should have been called on them, never got. And then same with the Lions, man. The Lions had a lot of holds that got uh, that get, they got away with as well. And a lot of other stupid shit as well for the Lions and the Rams. It was just probably the most – it was probably the worst officiated game in uh, over the weekend, in my opinion, just because of how bad everything was there. But, yeah, Lions – Finally getting it done after over 30 years of waiting. Uh, most most fans weren't even alive last time they won a playoff game. It's, it's insane to think about. I mean, we weren't alive last time they won a playoff mm-hmm. game. Um, so, I mean, it's just, um, you know, it's insane to, uh, to think about. And, you know, like I said, all it took was sacrificing the Pistons. Uh, mon- yeah. Monday, we had obviously... The Bills and the Steelers playing. That game was supposed to be on Sunday, but due to weather, uh, a lot of snow and stuff, they moved it 
to Monday night. Uh, run, well, Monday afternoon, I should say. Uh, we had the Bills and the Steelers facing off in Buffalo. Uh, the Bills win 31-17. to um, There was... Um, it, it, it was just pretty much a dominant game for Buffalo. Uh, Josh Allen looked really good. He protected the ball, which was most important for, for him. Uh, obviously, Pittsburgh, you know, they don't have Pickett. They had Mason Rudolph in the game. It was just a bad, bad, you know, combination of things for Pittsburgh. Um, overall, you know, it's a very, very good game for Buffalo. Um, as far as things for Pittsburgh goes, um, I don't know what's going to happen with Mike Tomlin. Obviously, we saw what happened uh, in his uh, post-game interview about uh, his contract extension, him just walking off on that. Um, you know, it, is he going to be done after this year? I don't. We don't know. Um, that's a decision that he always talks with his family. You know, every year he sits down with his wife and daughters. You know, to see what you know is best for him. Uh, may, maybe it is time for him to move on from from coaching, man, because he's had a long run in Pittsburgh, very successful run in Pittsburgh, of course. Um, but uh, they're just kind of like in the middle of the road, and they're just stuck now because he's such a good coach, but and but they just can't get any good draft picks. Um, so they're they just kind of been stuck in the middle of the road for years now. Yeah, viewers have been stuck. Uh, Tomlin, though. He actually did announce a few hours ago that he plans to remain with the Steelers. He was asked that question at the podium, and he kind of walked walked off. I don't know, like, he just wasn't feeling it or what, but he was uh, not having it after that, uh, that loss. I mean, Bills definitely played how I thought they would. They dominated, but the Steelers actually kept it closer than I thought. To be honest with you, I thought the Steelers would lose by a lot more. It was a one-touchdown game at one point. They were only down uh, one touchdown. They uh, had a chance there, but then uh, lost it, man. So, Steelers are just, yeah, they're stuck in that middle, man. They just, they need a quarterback. Kenny Pickett's not the answer. Mason Rudolph is not going to be a long-term solution. Need to draft another quarterback. Yeah, or, or somehow be able to finesse a good quarterback from someone because that's really their their biggest holdup is a quarterback right now and when you keep drafting in the in the mid rounds uh, of, of the first round you're not going to get a good quarterback unless you do a Jordan Love situation um, or what Green Bay does in general just drafting quarterbacks in the mid round mid first round and just let them develop for a few years behind a veteran but outside of that yeah I don't know what the Steelers can do and then lastly Last night, embarrassment for for all Philly um, Buccaneers hosting the Eagles, winning thirty two to nine in this game. The Eagles are an absolute mess. Uh, look, Sirianni, I I I, I wonder yeah. if he's on his hot seat, man, because he doesn't call plays on either side of the ball. When you have a head coach that doesn't do that at the NFL level. It's fine in the, in the college level, right? I mean, Jim Harbaugh does, uh, doesn't call plays on either side of the ball. Um, but when you, when you do that in the NFL, you're risking a lot. Um, also, you know, he lost, he lost obviously last year, both his, both his coordinators, his solution at defense was Matt Patricia. And well, we kind of know how that goes, especially as Detroit fans, we know how that goes. Um, but uh, Philly just could not do anything uh, in this game. Jalen Hurts looked pretty decent, but just the, Tampa Bay was able to shut down the run game. I mean, DeAndre Swift had 34 yards on 10 carries. Did not look good. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 250 yards in the air and a touchdown. But that's it. I mean, Tampa Bay looked incredible. Baker Mayfield looked really Really good, 337 yards, three touchdowns in this game uh, on just 22 completions. Tampa Bay, man, they they get to play Detroit in Detroit. Detroit already beat them uh, earlier this year, so that's going to be a very, very interesting rematch from earlier this year. Um, so, uh, but yeah, man, I, I don't know what the answer is for Philly, but 
I feel like Sirianni has completely lost the locker room, especially over the last five, six weeks. I mean, just no response from either, you know, side of the ball from him and just uh, just not looking good. So th- things in Philly are going to be tough. We'll see if Sirianni keeps his job, man. But, uh, yeah, just uh, really great game for Tampa. Just Philly is a big mess right now. Yeah, I think Sirianni's going to get fired. Just he's he's lost that locker room. He's not. He, and again, he's not one of those coaches like a Tomlin or a, a Belichick or someone who's been there for like over ten years. Uh, he's fairly new, so I think he's pretty expendable. They're going to get rid of Sirianni. Might even change up a couple other things. Deion Hurts looked pretty good. He looked all right. Devontae Smith had a big game. But other than that, they just – something about this team, man. After they played the 49ers, just defeated, man. Kelsey just retired, so no more Jason Kelsey. And I think he kind of realized that, that the team pretty much has already hit its peak and they're going to start probably going a little bit downhill from here, so – yeah, it's going to be tough, man. But Tampa Bay, they they did their thing, man. They've been doing pretty good, but I don't think that Detroit's going to have much problem with them come next week. But can't take them lightly. I mean, they can they can play. Yeah, Tampa Bay can definitely play, and they obviously showed that. Uh, Philly's defense couldn't stop anything they did. Um, but uh, also, you look at what Tampa did to you know help. Uh, defensively, they were sending tons and tons of pressure all game long. Lots of lots of blitzing, stunting. Uh, Lions will have their hands full, but we'll get into that, of course, on Thursday's episode. So now, swinging to the NBA, Mike, take it away. We got some power rankings for you, NBA and NHL. So, Mike, yeah, take it away. Yes, sir. Going to be rolling through the top ten here from NBA.com on the the power rankings here, these are pretty up-to-date. I think they're like maybe a day or two old um, from where we are in the season, but pretty up-to-date here. I'm just going to be going through here and going through each team and what they have. So coming in here at number 10, we have the Miami Heat here, who, you know, Miami's been pretty prevalent here the last few years with um, – you know, them making the finals and Jimmy Butler and Bam and Eric Spolstra and that whole group. They are uh, pretty rock solid. They're probably going to be a five or a 60, I would assume. Uh, number 10 here, I definitely feel like they're above average. They're always a better team in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. So, you know, they're only 17th on offensive rating right now. That's below average, but 10th in defensive rating. Uh, Butler, he's missed some games, but like I said, with him out, they've still been able to uh, pick up the slack. Uh, like I said, Bam Adebayo's been playing great. Tyler Hero, Hami Hakez, their rookie, has been doing really well as well. So I think 10's a fine placement for them. Number nine here, we have the Indiana Pacers. And this one's tough because their best player, Tyrese Halliburton, he's out for a couple weeks with a a left hamstring strain. So they have to see how they're going to do without their star. But they have the number one offensive rating. It's one of the best in league history at 122 points per game. But they're also one of the worst defensive teams, giving up 119. So they're still winning. They have a 23-16 record here. Halliburton's great. I think they are going to make the playoffs this year after missing the playoffs for uh, at least a few seasons here now but they look good they got a lot of good role players that fit around Halliburton pretty well yeah. I'd just like to see yeah. them possibly getting a second star in the future to compliment Tyrese right he's balling he's averaging like over 20 with like 12 assists per game he's just he's insane he's carrying this offense like I said number one offense in basketball just the defense man they gotta get a few more guys who can uh be more of that three and d type player miles turner's pretty good 
at getting blocks and stuff. But other than that, their defense is pretty lackluster. But I like them at number nine. Yeah, um, about that, just real quick, man. Cause so, obviously, I live here in Indianapolis, and that's all they've been talking about on the sports radio here over the past day or two now is just that injury to Halliburton and how that's going to affect the team going forward um, for the next however long he's out. I don't know exactly how long he's out to you at all. Yeah, so I don't think they've officially given it, but they said they're going to re- reevaluate after two weeks. I think that they're going to give him two weeks and evaluate him from there and see if he needs more time off. He should be back within a month, I would say. I mean, it wasn't anything too serious. No. Like, he pulled his hamstring. Yeah, it's, it's it's a tough loss for them, but I, I think the Pacers should be okay uh, without him. Maybe not as good, but definitely not, you know, starting to lose like crazy either. Yeah. Number eight, we have the Philadelphia 76ers, fifth on offense, second on defense. So they seem a little bit low here, but, I mean, the reason they're dropping is because Embiid has basically been out these last couple weeks. So the 76ers are 3-7 and seven without Embiid this year. He's missed seven of the last nine games. But Tobias Harris has stepped up. He's been averaging close to 20. Maxi though, he's been getting his points, but... We can definitely see that Maxi is not a number one option. He cannot be a number one option. But Embiid's coming back. He's he played well against Houston last game. So tonight they have Denver. So that's going to be a nice test for him. And Philadelphia, I still think, is going to make the playoffs for sure and probably be a three or four seed come playoff time. But yeah, they. They need Embiid to stay healthy. They're probably going to give him as much rest as he needs so that he's ready to go come playoff time. Number seven here, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Bucks are number seven. They're number two in offensive rating, but number 19 in defensive rating. Um, Milwaukee, I feel like they've been pretty good. I mean, they're 28-12, really strong record. But they still have a ways to go if they want to be that number one team in the East like they want to be. They have got the offense clicking. It's just that defense, man. I feel like since they've gotten lowered, losing Drew Holiday and getting lowered, you know, the offense is going to be insane, but the defense is going to take a hit, and you can see that with the ratings there. With Lower not being that good on defense, Drew Holiday being one of the most underrated defenders in the league. Giannis is still doing his thing. Uh, Brooke Lopez has been balling out as well. So they still got a pretty good team here, and they are still going to be one of the top teams in the East. Number six here, we have the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, 12th in offensive rating, 6th in defensive rating. Uh, yeah, they've kind of come out of nowhere, man. 24-16, and 16, solid record. Again, probably a low-to-mid playoff team. Zion, though, man, he concerns me with all the injury history and you know his eating problems that he has. But they have a lot of good, solid players. Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, CJ McCollum. Pelicans got some good players there that can get buckets and got a good core. They just... Like I said, Zion scares me because he doesn't play that often. And when he does, he has off-the-court issues. But, yeah, I think that New Orleans is a solid team. Probably not a championship contender, but definitely solid. Number five, one of the hottest teams lately, man, the L.A. Clippers. 25-14. and 14. After requiring Harden, they started out like 0-6, but then they won like 17 of 20 games. So they've been on fire recently with Harden, Kawhi, Paul George. Westbrook even's done some great in these last few games here. They just look unbeatable right now. They are going crazy, and hopefully they can continue to keep rolling here because... They got it figured out right now. Number four here, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
28 and 11, number 20 on offense, but number one on defense here. And that's going to be, of course, tribute to Rudy Gobert. And Anthony Edwards has been pretty good. He's still pretty much carrying that offense. Cat's been pretty solid this year. Timberwolves, though, have definitely been a big surprise as their team is pretty much the same as last year, but just something about their team this year. They're able to finally put some wins together and definitely look like a top playoff team. Not sure if I'd call them a championship contender just yet, but yeah, they definitely look good. Number three here, the defending champions, Denver Nuggets. 28-13, 7th on offense and ninth on defense. Of course, they probably got the best player in basketball in Nikola Jokic. He's always going to go for big nights, but I've noticed lately Jokic has been really more distributing the ball than scoring. He's had a few games here recently where he's not scoring a ton of points, but super efficient as always. Uh, there are other players like Aaron Gordon uh, who came back from uh, – uh, off the court incident, and then Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, all been doing pretty well. They're doing pretty much what everyone's expecting. Just got to see how they hold it for the playoffs. Number two here, this is our first power ranking where they are not at number one. We have the Boston Celtics at number two, number three on offense, number four on defense. And, you know, 39 record, they're still really dang good. But, yeah, they had an abysmal performance against Milwaukee in the last week slate of games. They were down 37 points at halftime. They just threw in the towel, rested all their starters in the second half. Just abysmal performance, like I said. But they still are looking pretty good besides that one game. Tatum and Brown have been really good. They have Drew Holiday. Porzingis probably got the best team or one if if not the best team on paper especially in the east man i really like boston but number one here a new number one we have the oklahoma city thunder man number four on offense and number three on defense this is one of my favorite teams in the nba they have so many great players Shea gilgis alexander top three mvp candidate right now he is on fire they got a lot of great young stars like Jalen Williams, Chet Holmgren. Um, those guys are ballers as well. They just have such a great young team. Thunder draft picks in the future. They're already doing so well, 27-11. and 11. No playoff experience yet with this core, so I'm not sure how they're going to fare when it comes playoff time. But, man, I think that Oklahoma City, as long as they don't fuck it up like they did, uh, 10 years ago when they had Durant, Westbrook, and Harden all in their prime. As long as they keep this core, this team it could be very dangerous for the years to come. And for me, I think they deserve that number one spot. They are hooping right now. So, yeah, man, do you have any thoughts on any of these rankings and teams? Uh, well, obviously with the Pacers, um, it uh... – you know, it's a it's unfortunate uh, losing such a, a pivotal player in their offense. But like I said, I think they'll respond. But uh, outside of that, I mean, I kind of agree with most of this list. Um, you know, everyone's right around where I would probably put them. So, um, and and that's just me just looking at the standings. Me like, okay, let's see, let's see, because obviously I don't watch a, a lot of basketball. So, um, you know. It's I, I, I like this list, and uh, yeah. So now we're going to head over to the NHL. Um, I'm back with my own power rankings uh, this week, uh, or this time around, so we'll get right into it. So at number 10, I have the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, they're sitting ninth in the league right now overall, uh, 24-14-6. and six. Um, They have been playing some very consistent hockey uh and since the break they've been very very good um they uh they, they they're more than likely going to make the playoffs uh, if they keep playing that the way at the you know the way they are um you know they got some questions at goaltending uh, you know uh for goaltending but outside of that man they're uh 
they're not bad. Obviously, they, they, they're in a wild card spot right now. Um, they could easily get themselves into a, you know, a divisional spot um, because just how tight the Metro uh, division is. There's a lot of good teams in that division. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's where I have Philly for now. Uh, at number nine uh, is the Edmonton Oilers. Um, they've been insane uh, since about uh, midway through uh, uh, December. Uh, well, really since, I mean, not December, uh, November, uh, when uh, they fired uh, Chris Knobloch uh, and replaced him with Jay Woodcroft. Um, they've just been insane. Uh, they were at the bottom of the league standings and now, uh, they're, they're creeping up towards the top 10, uh, in the league standings. Um, they're, uh, they're sitting right now 18th. Um, but they just keep crawling up and they've only played 39 games, which, uh, if you look at all the teams ahead of them, they're all at least played, uh, 41 games outside of LA, which has played, uh, 40. Um, so you know they, they're a few games behind, but they're they're right up there in the top ten. I mean, ten points, tenth uh, place in points right now is uh, Carolina at fifty three. Edmonton sits at forty seven. So I mean they are getting very very close. Um, and McDavid and Drysaddle just unstoppable over the last uh, um, uh, re- really since uh, Christmas break. They've just been. St- putting up insane amount of points each night, uh, and they're just looking really good. Uh, at number eight is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Detroit just had a very nice win over them uh, this past weekend, uh, dropping them down in the standings just a little bit. Um, Detroit obviously uh, looking very good lately too, but they are not in this top ten. Um, that said... They have Toronto overall has still played um, very good hockey all season long. They've been, um, but their defense is still the biggest uh, issue, and what comes with that is goaltending as well. If the Leafs tightened up on their uh, on their defensive side, I feel like goaltending could pick back up for them to where it was back in early October, where they were getting a you know getting insane, um, you know, averages from, uh, from Martin Jones, who was a big meme in San Jose. Um, but yeah, Toronto still a very good team offensively. Of course. I mean, they have Austin Matthews who I still believe leads the league in goals. Um, but, uh, defense, that is their biggest issue right now. Uh, number seven, I have the New York Rangers, um, they were at the very top of my list for a while, but they have just fallen off out of nowhere. Offense can't score. Defense has looked good. Goaltending has been abysmal out of nowhere. Um, Shesterkin has not looked that good in net for them. Um, you know, th- their upcoming schedule looks pretty easy. Um, but uh, they just there there's something just not clicking right now offensively with them. They are scoring very very few goals, um, and, and that's what's really costing them games. Uh, and number six, I have Carolina, who's been quite the opposite uh, for the last few weeks. They're just scoring a ton of goals, um, and and that's really their solution to winning games right now is they give up a lot of goals, but they also score a lot of goals. Um, and, and the big issue is just goaltending. They don't have a good goaltender at all. Defense is a slight issue, but it's not a hundred percent on the defense, um, here just because, you know, they're, they're blocking a lot of shots. They're doing a lot of good things defensively. It's just, they, they don't have anyone in net. Um, Antti Ranta has performed very, very bad. Uh, Kotikov, uh, has been just not looking good at all. And he, I mean, he's a rookie, but they had high hopes for him. And just at the NHL level, he hasn't looked good. But if they can figure out, 
you know, their goaltending issue, maybe find a goalie before the trade deadline, they'll be a lethal team come the playoffs. Um, at number five, I have Boston, who've kind of fallen off uh, lately. They're still on top of the uh, the Atlantic Division um, right now, with you know most of their losses being in uh, in overtime, uh, and that's really the the difference because Florida has more wins than them, uh, but Florida just has a lot more regulation losses. Um, Boston, obviously, though, they're still a good team. Um, but their big problem right now is just the third period. They they just cannot perform in the third period. Uh, they're blowing a lot of big leads uh, late in games. Um, but uh, they, they've, they've also played a pretty difficult schedule since the Christmas break. Um, and it's not getting any easier for them. Uh, they have. Uh, they just played New Jersey last night. They play Co- Colorado in two days from now. Um, they just, you know, they and they have a, a pretty tough schedule over the next week or so. Um, and so they they have to figure out something in the third period because right now, man, they just can't stop beating themselves uh, with leads. At uh, at number four, I have Colorado. Um, they are just a very consistent team. Um, their only issue is, is goaltending. Like with a lot of teams right now, they're struggling with goaltending, but you know, offensively, they're really, really good. Uh, defensively, they've been very solid. There's a couple, you know, question marks at times for them, but overall, uh, they've just been one of the most consistent teams. Uh, all season long, they haven't been, you know, super flashy. They'll they'll win, you know, four or five games, then they lose one, and then they win another four or five games, and then they lose one. So very consistent, very very good, but just not at that upper echelon of teams right now. And then the top three, um, at number three, I have Florida. They have been very very hot as of late. Um, Matthew Kachuk has been performing a lot better um, since, uh, you know, uh, he he, he kind of just slowed down after a very nice start to the season. He's kind of come back and started to play a lot better. Um, Florida's defense, really good. Goaltending, very, very good. Uh, Knight has been incredible for them. Um, and then, uh, obviously, they have, uh, they have Bobrovsky as well, who's been one of the best goaltenders in the league for a very, very long time, as you obviously know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Florida, man, they've been really, really good. They're on a nice win streak right now. Well, they were on a nice win streak until last night, I believe it was. Uh, dro- yeah, they, they dropped a game to Anaheim last night, ending their, their, their win streak. But... Uh, they have Detroit tomorrow night. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch, uh, especially because Detroit is very hot right now as well. Um, at number two, I have Winnipeg. Um, they're on top of the Central Division. They are insanely good. Hellebuck has been insane this year. Um, it's you know, it, it's a matter of whether their defense can really stay as consistent as they as they've been. Uh, because they started off the year defensively not looking good, and Hellebuck was, you know, bailing them out of games. And the offense has always been there all season, but now the defense has really started to pick up, and that's why they're starting to win a lot more games uh, as of late. And and it's paid off, but it's but the the biggest question is is can that you know can they maintain this this level of defense that they've been playing lately? Um, and it's kind of funny too to see you know Winnipeg where they are right now on top of the league, of course. Um, well, on top of the Central Division, Vancouver's on top of the league. Uh, Winnipeg, though, second in the league in terms of uh, points percentage. Um, but like last year, you know, they were kind of fighting with Calgary to not make the playoffs. You know, both both teams were trying to not make the playoffs last year. Uh, Winnipeg eventually got in, and then over a very quiet off season for Winnipeg, um, out of nowhere they're just 
insane. Uh, defense has been obviously really good as of late, especially. Um, and then their offense has been one of the best in the entire league this year. Uh, it's kind of funny how just the most quiet offseason can bring you so much, uh, you know, success uh, in the in the NHL. And that's why the NHL, to me, is still the greatest league when it comes to parity, man. Because you can go from really bad one year to really great the next, um, unless you're San Jose. Um, and then at number one, of course, we have the San Jose Sharks. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, they're fucking ass. Uh, if this was a, a reverse power rankings, they would be at number one. But, uh, no, we have Vancouver, of course, uh, on top of the league in terms of points percentage. Um, they've just been insane this year, uh, plain and simple. Um, Pedersen has been elite. Um, obviously, if Quinn Hughes on, on the blue line, who's one of the best defensemen in the league right now, uh, and he's so, so young, um, and he's just getting better each and every game, man, it, it seems like, because he it, he's on, he's near the top of the league in points, uh, especially when it comes to assists. I mean, he's very, very good there, but what great defenseman isn't. Um, but, uh, you know, the they don't have really any question marks. I mean, goaltending's been there. Defense has been there. Offense has been there. Their biggest question right now is is how much and how long do you re-sign Patterson for? Because obviously his contract's up at the end of the year, and if he keeps playing the way he's been playing, he's gonna he's gonna deserve a very nice long contract that pays very well. Is he gonna be up there with the McDavid and 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 Matthews contracts? Hell no, but he'll be up there for sure. Um, but yeah, Vancouver man just insane this entire year they've been on top of their division pretty much all year um outside of the little bit where vegas was leading it but uh, um they've taken over since about mid-november when uh when vegas kind of had a small meltdown and uh yeah um ever since then they haven't let up so uh you got any thoughts about this list nice pretty accurate to what i was Assuming I remember Boston and New York, of course, were at the top last time, but they've fallen back a little bit. Vancouver's still hot. Florida's up there. Uh, Winnipeg as well. Makes sense on the top teams here. A lot of them with uh, some of the best goaltender young players up and coming. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. And it, right now, if there was one team in each conference that I would not want to play in the first round right now would be Edmonton and Florida. It, it would be because as good as Winnipeg and Vancouver are, um, they are, you know, everyone kind of knows their game. They're kind of screwed right now. Florida and Edmonton, man, they are surging up the rankings and up the standings. So I would not want to play either of them in the first round of the playoffs right now, just personally, just because of how embarrassing uh you will f- or how embarrassed you will feel after that first round's over because of just how good those two teams are right now Florida especially man they are like insanely hot right now outside of that loss to Anaheim last night um but yeah that is your NHL power rankings for uh this week um Thursday's episode will of course preview the divisional rounds um of the playoffs for the NFL. Um, if anything, you know, newsworthy comes up, uh, in the NFL, we'll talk about that as well. Um, we're going to, we're going to get more into the NHL and the NBA as those seasons are starting to really get heated up. Uh, NHL is at their, uh, just past the midway point for about most of their teams. Um, there's only a few teams under 41 games right now. Uh, so yeah, we're at the that point. Uh, NHL All Star Games coming up very soon, so we'll we'll get into that as well. Um, the teams are selected. I still believe the fan vote's still open. So if you haven't voted, go ahead and vote right now. You get ten votes uh, a day um, on the NH on NHL.com to vote there. Um, it's uh it's always fun for that. Uh, they released the 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 All Star game jerseys and Mike have you seen them 
Nah. Oh my god, they are the ugliest fucking jerseys I've ever seen in my life. Hold on, let me let me uh, let me send them to you and, and get your reaction because they are really really bad. Let me find them. Uh, is the link? Just uh, just just give everyone your reaction to them because they are horrible. Bro, what? Right. The logo is just ugly. The logo, the whole design, the color scheme. The sleeves look ugly it, too. It, it, it's the it's so bad. It is so so bad. Someone says is this a Carl's Jr. and the NHL collab. <laughs> Someone in uh in a in a NHL group chat I'm in said uh, it, it it looks it looks like the uh the the NHL uh, All Star game powered by Kraft Mac and Cheese. <laughs> For real, someone said in the comments of this one too. Uh, where is this game Legoland? Like, it just <laughs> yeah, like, it, it looks it, just, it looks so bad. If you haven't seen them, people just go. It's on NHL's Twitter and Instagram and all their other social media. Man, it is so embarrassingly bad. Uh, Adidas completely missed the mark on it. They they really did, and this is why I say Adidas makes the worst hockey jerseys, and they just keep continuing to prove it every day um with with that one man but uh yeah so anyways guys uh rate review subscribe help us out let us know uh you know what more content you want to see we're gonna start obviously pushing out a lot more nhl and nba um content especially as uh those those seasons start to wrap up and you know once we get into the playoffs for those we're gonna that's gonna be basically our entire focus uh, once the playoffs for both those uh, leagues start. Uh, MLB spring training is going to start in a couple months, so we'll get into that as well. Um, the offseason hasn't been all too crazy for the MLB, so um, not a whole lot to talk about there. And obviously NFL coaching, uh, college football coaching hires as well that we'll get into um We'll, we'll start talking about that as well. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys on Thursday.